Good morning and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network at 7 a.m. on this Thursday morning, July 6th. And I'm Adam Wright, so happy to be with you. Let's begin our morning in prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's uh, great to be with you on this Thursday morning, and we've got a lot on the show for you today. We've got a lot of reflecting to do about tomorrow's First Friday devotion. We heard last week about having a rule of life. We're going to continue that Uh, homily from Father Ripperger, that talk from Father Ripperger. And then we're going to be talking, for those of you who hear us talk about parenting on the show and you say, but my kids are adults, they're out of the house. Well, then today we've got something for you as well. Corey Grizzle is going to be with us to talk about parenting adult children and how that's different. So I look forward to that on the show. All of that is ahead, but first let's go to Mike Roberts and get a look at our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Maria Goretti. Born in Coronado, Italy in 1890, Maria was the third of seven children. Her parents, Luigi and Assunta, already poor, lost their farm and were forced into migrant labor. When she was about nine, the family moved to a small town roughly 50 miles outside of Rome where they could work the fields of other farmers while sharing a home with another family, which included Giovanni Serenelli and his son Alessandro. Maria did not work in the fields. While the rest of the family went out, she stayed home attending to the house and watching her younger sister, Teresa. On July 15, 1905, she was sitting on the steps of her home, mending one of Alessandro's shirts while he worked in the barn. Alessandro returned from the barn and tried to rape Maria, but she fought back telling him what he was doing was a mortal sin. In a rage, he choked and stabbed her 14 times before running off. Taken to the hospital, it was clear Maria would not survive the attack. In the last hour of her life, she told the family she'd been afraid of him but did not want to disturb them, and then she forgave Alessandro and hoped he would go to heaven. Then Maria died. Sentenced to prison, Alessandro was unrepentant for many years until one night, in a dream, he had a vision of Maria gathering flowers and giving them to him. From that point on, he changed. And when he was released after 27 of his 30 years, he immediately went to Maria's family to beg their forgiveness. Meanwhile, devotion to Maria grew. Miracles were attributed to her. And when she was beatified by Pope Pius XII, Alessandro was among the 250,000 people in attendance, along with their mother, two sisters, and a brother. And in 1950, 500,000 came to see her canonization. On that day, Pope Pius XII called Maria the Saint Agnes of the 20th century. Saint Maria Goretti, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. 
Well, what do you know? We come back from a break, and who's in the studio but Corey Grizzle. Corey, it's great to see you again and have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven. Well, thank you. I love to just pop in here and say hi every once in a while. I know. It, it gets kind of lonely at 7 in the morning sometimes, so to have you with us is always a joy. Now, uh, one of the things we often talk about is parenting, and we are at a new phase of parenting in my house, the teenage mm, years. It's always so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what do you mean by fun? Because your definition oh, and mine must be very probably. different. Probably. It, it's funny because when I started in the teenage years, too, it was um, very scary because people made it seem scary. They always told you all the horror stories about teenagers. And I had pretty good kids. My kids were obedient, and they were respectful, and they did, you know, they, they were responsible. And um, But they they still, they still ran me through the ringer just because of who I am and who they were. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised to turn on the news one day and see the weatherman talking about how the tides have changed mm-hmm. and that being directly tied to the uh, rolling of my daughter's eyes, right? You know, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and she knows which one I'm talking about, mm-hmm. too, and, and so does my wife. Uh, and, and we think, okay, it's got its challenges, it's got its foibles, that's been every season of parenting so far. But it's also becoming kind of a a bittersweet thing because we're realizing we're also getting to one of those last stages where we know they're going to be home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our oldest has lived at home with us longer than he probably will between now and when he'll move out someday. Right. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I know some of our listeners are saying, Adam, been there, done that. (laughs) Uh, I am now in that phase where I have adult children, and that's got to be a whole new ballgame. It really is. And again, just like when you're entering the teenage phases and you're like, oh, this is going to be different for me. I have great children. It's not going to be awful. And it probably isn't going to be as awful as some other people but um, or some other families and their dynamics. But um, but going into the adult parenting, I was um, I was just I, I was not prepared at all. Like nobody told you exactly what you were going to feel or how you were going to feel it or or what was going to go on. You, you know that the teenagers are going to roll their eyes at you. You know they're going to backtalk you and you know you have a little bit of control over I can take things away from you. I can take the car keys away. I can take your night out away. I can do all those things. When you get to adult parenting though, there's no control. <laughs> there's 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 no recourse necessarily and it's it's a scary world to enter because you're kind of tiptoeing on glass. Uh, at the same time, you're like, okay, you just, you you do you. And as long as it doesn't affect me, I think, I guess we'll be okay. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. I love though, I, I love now that I am an adult and I have parents that are, I'm fortunate enough to still have them with me. Yes. The, the wisdom and the knowledge that they impart. And I think of these uh, memes I see every now and then where you see the adult. It's like, I need you to come pick me up from this sleepover. The, the mom is really crazy and the kids are out of control and then you see the parents texting back uh, that's your wife and those are your kids right. I, I'm not coming to get you I'm not helping you out anymore it's not a sleepover it's parenting but my parents yeah. have been able to pass on such great wisdom to yes. me as an adult what's that like on the flip side so on the flip side you know when you give your teenagers this rope and this freedom and then you can pull it back but when you um, put these adults which is the goal this is this is the dream right we're all these little t- uh, parents of toddlers and we want to put them out into the world as adults and responsible people, um, but you have all this wisdom that you've garnered.
partnered and you said, I've gone through this journey. I don't want to have you. You don't need to go through all of the struggles that we went through. Here's the here's the things we figured out for you. Here's how you do your finances. Here's how you raise your children. Here's how you buy a car. Here's, you know, all these different things. And we think this is just the golden top of wisdom. And we think there's no reason you should ever stray from any of this wisdom. And then they kind of look at you and go, no, thanks. We're going to do it our way. You know, and and they're also this brand new adult. So they still have a lot of the teenager in them where they're like, I don't really want to upset mom and dad. And so I don't really want to tell you what I'm doing, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because I'm an adult. <laughs> and then and then there's this whole strain kind of thing going on between you. And so it's just been eye opening because it's a totally different relationship. And it's kind of freeing at the at the same time when you can sit back and go, Okay, they are their own people and they are going to make their own mistakes. And whether it's a big mistake or a little mistake, it's not my mistake. It's not, it's not me going through this. It's them. And um, one of the biggest things I've always thought back in my head whenever I, I'm kind of upset about whatever the situation is with our relationship, I go back and I um, and I really think, you know, I had to go on this journey of my life, and if I didn't go on the journeys and make the mistakes and fall into the pits and 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 figure out my way out, then I wouldn't be as strong as I am in my faith, in my marriage, in my parenting. Um, and so why would I deny them going through that journey as well? So I kind of have to take a step back and shake my head a little bit, shut my mouth and say, not how I would do it, but they got to go through their own journey. Where's God at in all of this with you as you as you go through this? Yeah, so my sister, uh, my, she has this quote that she says over and over again because she is a parent of, of a lot of adults as well. And she said, when they're little, you talk to God, you talk to the children about God a lot. And when they're adults, you talk to God about children a lot because you can't do anything. You can't sit there and chatter away at the adults. They're they're going to not talk to you about things anymore because I don't want to hear it. And so you really have to just go back into yourself and go, okay, this is this is me. This is me and God. We're going to deal with this together. I'm gonna I'm gonna humble myself and be a little bit quieter than I would have with the teenagers in my house. But yeah, that's that's definitely where you need to go and just be quiet and go inward and go, okay, God, they're, they're yours. <laughs> they're not mine anymore. Very, very true words. And Corey, always a delight to have you with us here in the studio to talk about parenting and the ins and outs of it. Uh, I look forward to our next time together. Thank you. Daily Offering. God the Father, I thank thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. Here's a little catequist question for us today. Willfully missing Mass on Sunday or a holy day of obligation without a valid reason is what type of sin? If you said mortal sin, you are correct. And uh, it's a good reminder for all of us 
that willfully missing Mass on Sunday or a holy day of obligation is a mortal sin. And now you can't say you didn't know that because you just heard that here on the Catechiz. So it can be an extra layer of challenge for us, especially when we go on vacation or work trips or things like that. But it's a very important thing, and there are Catholic churches all over the world. And so we might have to do a little bit of homework. We might have to do a little bit of research, but we need to get to Mass on Sunday. You know, one of the other things I was thinking about this morning, this doesn't have anything to do with our catequiz, but the other day I was driving our van and all of a sudden I heard a uh, bing noise and I'm like, wait a minute, nothing should be going bing. There should be no, no bells chiming here. And I looked down at the dashboard and the brake light was on and I said, oh, well, that's probably not good. And, uh, you know, especially when it involves brakes, you would say, I better get that checked out. I like when my car has the ability to stop. So actually, this morning, I'm going to run the uh, van over to, there's a little shop right around the corner. I'm going to run it over there and say, hey, this light's on, and I need to know why that's on, because I'd like to have the ability to stop when the, the time comes. And uh, they'll let me know, and then we'll go from there, right? Well... Sometimes, you know, I used to, when I was young, not take lights like that seriously. Ah, it'll, it'll resolve itself. That light will go off. For the check engine light, that, uh, if it were really bad, I'd know. You know, and in meantime, here's this light saying, hey, you probably got to get this checked out because before it becomes really bad. And anyone who's dropped a couple thousand dollars on a car repair knows the next time that light comes on, you're like, I'm going to go find this problem now while it's a small problem before it becomes an expensive problem. And I'm going to pray that it's not an expensive problem. Well, are we doing that in our spiritual lives? Are we doing that daily examination of conscience? to catch those small problems before they become big problems. Father Ripperger was talking about this earlier in the homily we played on the show about how that daily structure helps us to live a life of virtue. And part of that for me is that examination of conscience. So uh, if, if, if only we had a light that came on and said, check soul, you know, check soul, examine your soul. But every day the saints remind us to do that. Let's get you another check of the weather here on Roadmap to Heaven and then our daily dose of encouragement. A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, shower copiously thy blessings on thy holy church, on the Supreme Pontiff, and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, most kind, bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord. It's a good time to stop on this Thursday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. And this week, Patty Schneier is sharing with us about faithful citizenship coinciding with the Independence Day holiday. Patty, good day to you. Well, it's great to be with you again and all our listeners as we're talking about this important topic. Today, I want to talk about four words. Actually, we're going to take two today and two tomorrow, which is fine. I want to talk about these words that form. They are the four basic principles of Catholic social teaching, which will help us make informed decisions. And these four principles provide the moral framework for Catholic engagement in advancing a consistent ethic of life. And this all comes from living the gospel of life. Okay, here are the four words. The four words are the dignity of the human person, so the human dignity, 
subsidiarity, and that's what I'm going to unpack because I didn't really know what that meant. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about the common good and solidarity. So these are the four words. Let's talk about the first one today and the second one. Human dignity. This is the first principle of Catholic social teaching, and it upholds the truth that life is sacred. So any direct attacks on innocent people are never morally acceptable, no matter what stage of life or condition the innocent people may be in. Pope St. John Paul II said, any politics of human dignity must seriously address issues of racism, poverty, hunger, employment, education, housing, and health care. If we understand the human person as the temple of the Holy Spirit, the living house of God, then these issues fall logically into place as the cross beams and walls of that house. And then he said this, and all direct attacks on innocent human life, such as abortion and euthanasia, strike at the house's foundation. So that's the first thing. We have to know the dignity of the human person, number one framework. The second word is subsidiarity, and I didn't know what this meant. Subsidiarity means that larger institutions in society should not overwhelm or interfere with smaller or local institutions. Yet sometimes we know larger institutions have an essential responsibility when the more local institutions cannot adequately protect human dignity. Okay, so what does this really mean? In other words, in order to uphold the dignity of the human person, we must show concern for the integrity of groups and associations that advance the rights and integrity of, for example, the family, marriage between a man and a woman, provide that fundamental unit of society. It's the smaller unit that takes precedence, and it should be defended and strengthened, not redefined, undermined, or further distorted. This all comes from papal documents, and every policy and program ought to reflect respect for the family. So that's what that word subsidiarity means. The smaller unit takes precedence, then the larger can come in if needed, if the smaller units need help. This is all part of our faithful citizenship. This is how we should form our framework for looking at issues that face our nation. I hope this is helpful. I always love it when you give us lists of words to remember here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And I want to thank you for today's definitions for human dignity and subsidiarity. All right. Well, we are wrapping up our show this morning, and it's been a joy to be with you on this Thursday morning. I'd like to remind you that whatever you do tomorrow, have that plan for First Friday Devotion. We've heard about why that's so important on the show today. It's part of that regular training that we do, and uh, it's just so important. I know there are things that parishes all over, but even if it's not a formal thing, just go to morning mass tomorrow. Receive Holy Communion. Pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. If you tune in at 7 a.m., we'll be here on the show, and we'll be making those prayers together on the show. You know, the other thing I was thinking about, it it was great to go to the baseball game Monday evening with my family and then go see the fireworks and whatnot. And my son and I have been talking about baseball a lot recently. He's gotten into collecting baseball cards and he's asking me about all of the players. And uh, I've been telling him about some of the great traditions like the organ at the ballpark as we were just hearing there. And it's great to have that time with him, and it's great to share some of those traditions and have those conversations and answer those questions. But it also reminds me of the importance of maybe sharing some of the other great 
stories and traditions we have, and those are the ones of our faith. And I've been thinking a lot during the show about today's saint of the day that we heard about from Mike Roberts, St. Maria Goretti, who died at a very young age. In fact, my, my son is older, I believe now, than Maria Goretti was when she died. And yet, what was her primary concern with her attacker, that he not commit a mortal sin? Am I teaching my kids to have that same fervor, that same desire, not just for their own holiness, not just for their own sanctification, but for the salvation and the holiness and sanctification of those around them, not just their friends, but but everyone they meet. And it starts with mom and dad. It starts with us. And it's a great challenge for us, but one that is so vital and so necessary. So I hope that as you go throughout your day today, in whatever particular vocation you are in life, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't. But how is the example of St. Maria Goretti concerned so much with the holiness, the salvation, the sanctification of her attacker, um, concerned with everyone, not wanting him to commit a mortal sin, right? How is that, how is that witness going to impact the rest of your day? How are you going to be different because of the witness of that saint? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am not sure what just happened there. It sounds like our uh, computer just locked up, so um, I... Gonna tell you about a couple things here as we get ready for what's going on next on our airwaves. But you've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and we are going to figure out this technical difficulty while we do. I'll just remind you, as the Blessed Mother would say each and every day, pray your rosary today and uh, pray it with joy, pray it with fervor, and pray it because she asked you to pray it. So have a wonderful, wonderful day.